Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita Public School Superintendent Dr. Alicia Thompson. Welcome again to Issues 2021. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I always like the opportunity to visit with you. You know, the pandemic has had a huge impact on all of our lives, especially on you and education. For you and USD 259, it's not just the 50,000-plus students, but also students, families, teachers, administrators, and staff. Just talk a little bit about the huge impact this thing has had on you on your lives. Yeah, this pandemic really has turned the school district upside down. I mean, you know, uh, who, ha- who has ever been prepared to take 50,000 students and their parents and their families and then transform how we do education in a matter of a couple of weeks? Uh, it, it, it was a big transformation, and it continues to transform uh, as we speak. <laughs> yeah, something new all the time. Take us back. Absolutely. Dr. Thompson, take us back to that uh, first few days when you realized the end of last school year was going to be very unusual because of the pandemic. Talk about that time. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. So it was around spring break. Uh, So we were all anticipating going out for spring break and enjoying our opportunity to have a week off uh, to kind of recoup and get ready for the, you know, remainder of the school year. And all of a sudden we get a, a, a news uh, flash from the governor that schools would be shut down. So that uh, move put us into a, you know, like, ah. and so we ended up having to look and see, okay, we didn't have any technology. So how are we going to communicate and engage with families uh, and students? Because she said, we're going to not be physically on the site, but you got to continue to teach and continue for students to learn. And so we had no technology within the school district to be able to send home with children. So that kind of put us behind the eight ball because we didn't know how in the world do you communicate with families and students and continue to learn without that vehicle. So it, it took us for a whirlwind for sure. Now, just to elaborate, you had to prepare your students, faculty, and parents for education by Internet. And did you find many homes unequipped or ill-equipped for cyber education? I would imagine some oh homes goodness. didn't have a computer. So how did, how did you solve that? Our students had no computers, most of them and no internet access. And even if they had internet access, they didn't have a tech uh, device. So we had to go into fast movement, uh, trying to figure out who had what, who didn't have. And then I had the opportunity to be able to, to order all of the technology. And then it really wouldn't have made any difference whether they not they had the technology if they didn't have access to the internet. So we had to go 
and move into that realm, too, which is providing Internet access into all the homes. So it was in a matter of literally, you know, a couple of weeks of getting things ordered and those kinds of things. And really today we can honestly say we have closed the digital divide within our school district. I mean, every student has a device uh, from the Wichita Public Schools and every student that needed Internet access has access in their home. Well, that in itself is an amazing feat. I mean, that's that's something else. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the impact on on homes uh, where both parents were working during the day and are working during the day? Yeah, that that's kind of been our biggest uh, kind of hurdle um, because we knew that our families, you know, there we all work. So, um, and w- what we did know is we kind of worked around the age that children are able to kind of stay at home and be responsible enough to be able to stay at home. We knew our elementary students, you know, parents did not have access to be able to stay at home with those students every day. So when we began to make the decisions about who and when and how who goes to school, who doesn't go to school, we really wanted parents to have a choice. So parents had the choice to determine whether or not they wanted their child to attend school or whether they wanted them to work home remotely. So we knew elementary was our biggest hurdle, and that was to make sure that we were able to provide an education for those students uh, that were in, in elementary. And then our second group that we really honed in on was our special education students. Uh, we, we know that also that families have a difficult time really supporting those students with some of the things that are needed to be able to properly educate uh, those uh, our special uh, ed students. And so we looked at those two groups and we built around the faculty that we had available to be able to work uh, on site. We built our programming around those two groups of students. That's something I never thought of, and that is special ed. And, and, and mm-hmm. they say special because there are special needs there. And, and that is correct. It has to be taken care of. Now, uh, here we are a year into the game or so. How are the students in USD 259 being educated now? Are they all back in classrooms? How are you doing that? Yes. Um, right now, what we have, again, parents have a choice of whether or not they want their students to attend on-site, which we call face-to-face, or they would like them to attend remotely. Um, and then we also have a third choice, which is virtual learning, which is a little bit different than um, my school remote learning, remote learning. And so parents have a choice of those three options at this time. So we have all elementary, middle, and high that are on-site face-to-face. And then we have um, students that are virtually and then students that are at home because their parents selected for them to be at home. So we are excited because we now have all three levels of students that we are seeing face-to-face. Do you think it's it's more important for those younger students then to, to have in classroom and with the teachers? Is it important more important for younger kids, you think? Yeah, it's kind of been interesting. Um, it, it, it really isn't about a level. It's about the, the, the mode in which the student learns best is what is what we're finding. I mean, you know, there are students in elementary, middle, or high that do really well remotely. Uh, and actually, parents are requesting and saying, you know, how can we continue this type of learning? Because my student did much better in this setting than they did face-to-face. Um, but then there are kids that are in elementary, middle, and high that did not do well remotely and struggled uh, pretty much 
the entire time until they were able to return face to face learning. And so, again, it, we really didn't find that it was a specific grade or level. It's just the individual student and how they learn best. What is being done to ensure physical safety in the classrooms in USD 259? Oh, boy, we have a strict regiment, <laughs> of course. Uh, all of our students and faculty in our building wear masks. So we wear masks during the day. Um, of course, when you're eating, we social distance them, and then they're able to eat. But uh, we, um, we do social distance as much as possible in our classrooms. Um, there are special regiments for lunch or recess. There's tons of hand sanitizers uh, around where we're washing hands. We're using hand sanitizer. We have cleaning regiments for our, uh, um, our custodians. So they spend time uh, wiping all of those touch points. We document how often those things are being cleaned and restroom cleaning um, is a little bit more uh, often as well. Um, we also have where um, our Filter filtration systems are being cleaned and duct work and things of that nature uh, are done differently. And the way we turn on our air conditioner and heating systems and the HVAC units, all of those things are, are adjusted just so that we can make sure that we have the quality of air that is necessary that flows through our buildings. Wow. So it is quite a massive undertaking. Um, and then if there's any, any uh, COVID inside of the building, then we shut down portions of the buildings. Then it goes through this regiment of cleaning and uh, airing out and all the things that have to happen there. So we have a massive operation here. Uh, it's now we can do it with clockwork now, but at first we were all just trying to figure that out. But, uh, we definitely have, uh, oh, and we do uh, uh, quarantining, as you know, and contract tracing. So uh, we do that in our school district as well as we have stood up two testing centers. So we do uh, testing for COVID as well. Uh, we do, um, we have partnerships with Wichita State, and then we also are with KDHE. So we have two separate types of testing. We have a mobile testing center that goes out to schools. And then we will have one that's centrally located in our AMAC building. So it has just been a massive undertaking, kind of uh, standing up all of those pieces to keep kids and family, uh, keep our kids and our staff stay safe. That testing is the key. Uh, what what are your infection rates for students and teachers and school staff? Well, we were doing really well until Novemberish or so, uh, where we were uh, we were testing. You know, seems like all day and all weekend long, and we were having lots of positive cases. But what's been interesting is is that the, 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 a lot of our folks were not contracting um, in the schools. They were contracting outside of our school, whether it was in their home or someone outside of their home. Um, and our kid rate is very, was pretty low. I mean, we didn't really have very many kids that were uh, testing positive uh, for COVID. But our teachers were really starting to have, uh, in November, really a significant number of students. I mean, teachers, we were, we were at a point where we had thousands of people quarantined and, you know, four or 500 people that were out with COVID around that November time. You know, as we've moved past that November time, we seem to really mirror the community. So that rate that you see happening in Cedric County, when it's up, we're up. And when it's down, we're down. So right now we're doing really well uh, with our COVID testing and, and our 
contracting the positives, you know, or quarantining within the school district. So it's really low at this time, and we are really excited about that. It just continues to go down uh, each week, and so we're really uh, excited about that. You know, recently I've seen uh, in the news, the national news, especially uh, studies and surveys and so forth, that they're saying that uh, the classroom right now is basically, percentage-wise, one of the safest place places uh, people can be. I would agree. It's it's all of the social distancing, all of the rules that you're to follow. You know, when the schools are following those rules, you know, the, the, the level is low. There actually were schools within our school district that even when we shut down in, De- in November, they did not have any cases. Mm. It was amazing. So some of our schools really did not, but there were certain schools in certain parts of the city. And it's kind of interesting because whatever parts of those cities that were bubbling up, those schools in those areas were the ones that really kind of gave us a run for our money, uh, you know, trying to keep open. So it's just been interesting to watch how we are a reflection of our community inside of our, inside of our school buildings. It's just, it's just amazing to see that even within this COVID. You're listening to Issues 2021 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Wichita Public School Superintendent Dr. Alicia Thompson. Are you experiencing teacher shortages through this pandemic? Um, we are not experiencing teacher shortages for our uh, full-time or part-time teachers. Where we're seeing the shortage is in our substitutes. Um, so, you know, many of our substitutes are our retired teachers, uh, and so... Of course, when this pandemic came down and, you know, you know, a lot of them are a little, you know, a little older, they decided, you know what, we're going to stay home and we're not going to sub this year. So that really took a toll on us because we really depend on our retired teachers to be uh, to, you know, kind of fulfill all of the obligations when teachers are absent. So we really missed them uh, during uh, this year. Uh, in the priorities, uh, where are teachers in that vaccination uh, chart? You know, you got the first responders, you got the healthcare workers. Are the teachers anywhere? Uh, are they anywhere near the top of the chart, or are they just like everybody else? Well, I, I know we're in phase two, and that's where we are now. I know that they're working with right now. I think it's they started with the eighty-three and above, and now they're at eighty uh, years old and above. Um, and so um, we're just waiting to see where we are in the um, in phase two, because I know that there should be probably some 70, 75, I believe, and, and up will then go. And then after that, you know, I'm not sure exactly where, but I know we're somewhere in phase two. And what I do know is phase two is a very large uh, population of our community. And so just not sure where we are going to land in there, but at least we are in phase two. And we are in phase two. And so uh, it hopefully we'll, we'll be able to start vaccinating our uh, staff soon. Talk about the impact of the pandemic on extracurricular activities. For, 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 to begin with, talk about the impact on sports. Yes. <laughs> well, um, sports has been, it's been really interesting. Um, sports actually, you know, we, we have different opinions all across the way Mm -hmm. Um, you know you have Keisha who says yes keep sports going Um, and then you have the county who says you know we should not be participating in the activities and then you have parents who say get our kids to play in sports we want sports Uh, so we that was a really tough kind of a uh, 
treading that the that the board had to take to make decisions about what we did for athletics. So what we decided to do in our school district is that we, we allowed, of course, sports to continue to occur. But in order for us to be able to make sure that we didn't have that spread uh, from the students to the uh, adults in the building, if you were playing a sport and we were in that red zone or that orange zone, then those students um, had to do their uh, learning remotely so that they didn't come to the campus face-to-face uh, and, 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 and cause a spread to occur within the building if they contracted it while playing sports. So we, we actually kept uh, sports. Uh, we kind of ran it a little bit different than some of the others, and it really did work for us. We did not have children from sports uh, bringing, in, bringing the virus inside of the school. So it's been, it worked really well uh, to be able to do that. And now that the numbers are low, um, we'll, you know, we'll continue to monitor and make adjustments as we go. We started out with no spectator sports. Now we have two per athlete. And at some point, you know, I hear that there's going to be some conversations, maybe even l- allowing four uh, for each student. So as we continue, it's, like I said, everything changes. We pivot as we learn more, as things change. Uh, we pivot, but sports has been an interesting piece uh, that has some, been something that we've continued to allow, uh, even in some instances when we did not have kids on campus. Well, as of today, as we're we're actually recording our show, uh, this county has said uh, the county is relaxed that to four persons per per uh, participant, I guess. So maybe you you can adopt mm-hmm. that. How about that? Yeah. How about but as soon as 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 they adopt, we meet. And then we adjust. Okay, got <laughs> so it, got that it. That's something we'll take into consideration. Absolutely. What, what about pandemic impact on the drama and clubs on extracurricular activity? Yes, um, there are some that have continued on, um, and they, as long as they follow the rules of the social distancing um, and making sure that they're wearing their masks and all of the other things that are in place, the cleaning regiments, those types of things, as long as they're able to uh, do those things, we have allowed the majority of our clubs and activities to continue. Because, again, we know how important it is for our children to at least have some type of interaction. And if we were able to make it safe for them um, and, the, and the other students that are in the building, we allowed it. What about school dances and proms? Well, that's coming up soon. Um, and we, we did not have them last um, semester, last spring, of course. Uh, we did not have graduations the way we usually have them, uh, proms, all of those types of things that we, that's, you know, that's our tradition to do those things. And we didn't have those last year. So as the numbers continue to go down, as our community continues to have vaccines and get vaccinated, uh, we'll just have to continue to play that by ear. We'll be meeting with the county because, again, that is who we take our orders from. And so we will be having conversations with them just to kind of see their thoughts, what they think is most appropriate, whether or not we can or cannot and or can we adjust. And so we'll be we'll be making some of those decisions later on in the spring as we move, move on down the road. OK, d- describe for us, please, the level of support you've received from the Board of Education. The board, the board of Education has been um, pretty much uh, kind of the drivers of a lot of the decisions that have been made uh, uh, as it relates to the pandemic. Um, they, they early on adopted uh, the gating criteria. They 
they decided, you know, when we were coming back, what levels were coming back. Um, and they listened to teachers. They listened to parents. Uh, and not always did we make everyone happy, but they made the decisions that they felt were best for the school district. And uh, so they have been very instrumental uh, in the decision making as it relates to um you know, the way that the school district has ran. How about the media? How have we be, have behaved or, or misbehaved during this pandemic with you? <laughs> well, uh, I, I honestly think, uh, you know, I always am very positive about uh, the media there. Everybody does their job and, and you all have also done a nice job of helping us get the word out to parents about different things that, you know, um, are needed to be out, you know, in a timely manner you know, advertising and helping us. So I don't, you know, and again, everybody has a role to play. And I think they hold us accountable to the things that are important to our community. And um, I think we've all worked together during this pandemic to make it the best that we can for our school district, our kids and our families. Dr. Thompson, what what is the impact uh, of the pandemic going to be on grades and test scores? Yeah, it's going to take a toll on us for sure. Um, You know, like I said before, there are children who did really well in this environment, and then there were children that did not. And so we're really uh, right now we're in the process of looking at to see how what is that what damage has been has been done, because I can guarantee you there has been, uh, you know, some decline. Um, but we, we definitely know that we are going to have to um, reorganize ourselves for summer. We'll have to do summer different. We'll have to have uh, interventions done differently in the buildings so that we can get our kids caught up uh, from the loss that that some of our children experienced Mm -hmm. during this time. Uh, Think we'll be back to normal by the start of classes next fall. I hope. (laughs) Uh, But I also know that there still will be, um, and from what I'm understanding, you know, there still be opportunities for us to continue to, you know, I don't know if it's about wearing masks, but I definitely know for us, we'll keep keep that cleaning regimen just because, you know, we see that it's beneficial for many other reasons uh, to have that cleaning regimen and making sure that our air circulation is differently. Uh, we, we, we believe that that's going to benefit us in the future. But I just hope that at least we can bring all of our children back uh, and again, you know, hoping that parents will feel comfortable sending them back, and we can just resume as before. Now, how long so have you been? Su- I hope so. How long have you been superintendent now? Uh, I'm going. This is um, my fourth year. Really? Okay. Now, uh, through the through the you've been through the fire. Have you learned anything <laughs> from this pandemic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I've learned that I don't know much. <laughs> there we go. Sometimes it's very valuable to find out what you don't know, I guess. But uh, Exactly, exactly. Well, what I do know, what I have learned is that the Wichita community is resilient. Uh, we are a community that rallies together and supports each other uh, in tough times, and uh, that makes me ever more proud to live in Wichita. Not only that, but you've, you've got a pretty good uh, team there, a pretty good group of uh, educators and administrators and even with you know people janitorial people you got a pretty good team there in yeah. usd 259 what, what i will tell you is the wichita public schools is top notch we have some of the best educators best staff in the whole wide world and they care a lot about our kids and they adjusted and did everything they could to support our kids and our families and i could not be more proud of them 
I can just see if uh, if I were involved as a student, I wouldn't say, you know, the the dog ate my homework. I would just say, I accidentally deleted. <laughs> <laughs> probably oh wouldn't get a, probably wouldn't get away with it, but I can at least claim that <laughs> it was accidentally deleted. Oh, they 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 see right through you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they all they always did. I am by the as you know, I'm a graduate uh, of USD two five nine and. Uh, uh, I don't make any bones about it. I'm pretty proud of that. I think I got a pretty good education, and uh, I thank you. Thanks I, to people. Thanks to people like you and the educators, which uh, is what it's all about. Hey, listen, yeah, thank I'm you. I'm so a proud WPS grad myself, so uh, we're in this together. I'm a proud graduate from Heights High School. All right. Hey, listen, thanks again for being with us, and best of luck to you as we as the remainder of the school season, and then the, uh, next year, I'm sure we'll, we're going to be out there playing football and doing all the great things we can, because I, I think we're going to be back to normal. Dr. Thompson, always good to talk to you, and again, best of luck to you and, and everybody at USD 259. Our guest Thank is, you for your time. Our, I appreciate you. Our guest is Wichita Public Schools Superintendent Dr. Alicia Thompson. That's all for this edition of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.